Welcome back to NIM Talk, a podcast for NEMT operators. My name is Eric Lane, and I'm the NEMT Practice Director for Bankers Insurance. I've helped NEMT operators put best practices in place and worked with them to expand their business to achieve their goals, and I'm excited to do the same for all of you listening. Our goal is to give you the tools necessary for you to enjoy the same successes as my clients. Our guest today on NIM Talk is Chris Sierra, Vice President of Comfort Care Transportation, a WellMed medical management company. Chris oversees all transportation operations for WellMed's NEMT services, relying on 20 years of experience and operational excellence, the last six of which specific to non-emergency medical transportation. Chris is a data-driven leader in the NEMT space, and we are excited to have him on the show today to talk about using data to manage and grow your business. So let's get right into that conversation with Chris. So Chris, you make data a key part of your operation, and NEMT operators are fortunate to have systems at their disposal that offer up just piles of data points. How do you navigate through the myriad of information to cut through to what is actually important to you? You know, that's a that's a really great question, and uh, I think for us, it's really on our main key indicators and, and really our, our main performance indicators for us and what's the drivers for our business. Um, and so for us, we're really looking heavily at that from that perspective of uh, operationally, you know, are we sound? How are we looking at from a cost per transport perspective? Um, how does it look for us as, you know, loaded miles, unloaded miles, the cost that we're operating there? Because at the end of the day, you know, you, you have to be able to turn that profit and, and have um, the an eye on your, your operating cost. And so really looking at that perspective of it. Um, but the other part of it, and for me personally, what I really try to um, concentrate on is, is the balance between the intangible items as well and, and the service levels and, and uh, how we're operating from that perspective. Because those are things that will drive your cost up or down. And so, you know, if you're not providing that quality of service, then you're going to see an impact to your, your operations and your operational cost as well. Um, and so, you know, for it, it's a balance between looking at, at those measurements from performance wise, uh, cost wise, and then the quality of your service. Because uh, if you don't have a, you know, a service that is, is, you know, for us superior, then it's a detriment to your business and, and you're going to lose your folks. And so um, that's another, you know, really important aspect in our business and our dri- uh, driver for us is looking at the quality of and the level of service that we're providing. So let's talk about the level of service just for a second. Uh, sure. When you're when you're looking at those things, are you are you specifically looking at whether or not you're maintaining your service level agreements, or do, are there some factors beyond that that you guys look at to determine um, whether or not you are delivering on that promise of quality service? You know, there's there's factors beyond that. Uh, that is something we absolutely look at look at it, and we hold set and fast with it of our, our service level and um, our on-time percentage. But we also look past that because um, we look at the engagement that we have with, with our passengers and how's the ride for them. Because at the end of the day, you can, you can be on time every single day, but if you're delivering a terrible quality of service, who wants to ride with you? And then at that point, your on-time and service levels become a mute point. And so, uh, 
it's not just looking at those aspects, but it's really looking also at the engagement with our riders and ensuring that we we do have um, well-trained, educated, uh, you know, transportation specialists that can provide a quality service level and do it safely and get the patient there on time. I'm reminded of the uh, the analogy from you know the, the pizza company that will happily deliver your pizza within 30 minutes or less, but uh, when they do, it's upside down. So right. <laughs> exactly, you can you, you can you can deliver anything quickly, uh, people included. But it's not always the best experience. So that's really cool that you're looking at passenger right. engagement and not just not just on time percentage. So let's all, let's go back to um, you know how you look at it from an operational perspective. You said cost per transport. Would you consider this one of your more important metrics? Yes, definitely, absolutely for us because um, you know for for our company we look at uh, you know cost per transport internally and externally and by externally i mean uh, anything beyond our capacity we utilize third party vendors to perform for us those okay. transports and so we look at internal external and then the overall cost per transport and it really is a big driver for us because it allows us to know how productive we're being um, how those service levels, you know, are we getting there on time and doing it effectively? And then from uh, the scope of the, the business that, you know, we uh, assist with patients, you know, from them, they want to look at it and say, okay, well, you know, your internal cost, yeah, um, you know, what's that compared to you referring out? Um, and it allows us to really uh, amp up and say, you know, uh, our cost may be, you know, $5 higher than referring out to someone, but with, with our cost, uh, here's what you get. You get that white glove service, um, the, and, you know, door-to-door service. You get safety. You get uh, quality of service. You get a firsthand uh, connection when you do have an issue and you can reach out to someone. And so um, that, that really is something we look at because it allows us to uh, determine, like I said, productivity level and then determine how is our staffing levels? Do we need to look at increasing our staffing? Because, you know, we are performing well. We are increasing uh, from growth-wise and, and we have a good um, hand on our cost per transport. That's really interesting. So you have both internal and external stakeholders on this from a transportation perspective. When you're looking at uh, whether or not you're going to keep, uh, let's just call it, we'll call it a trip, keep a trip in-house versus sending it out for third-party fulfillment. And you're looking at that cost per transport. Is there a way that you factor in that uh, those those intangibles as well? So you, you know that you're going to have a high quality of service uh, because these are your people when you're looking at your internal stakeholders versus somebody that you've credentialed to fulfill those third-party transports. How do you balance the actual dollar figure of a cost per transport between an external, an internal and external fulfillment and knowing what that quality of service is. Do you hold your third-party contractors to the same qualities of service that you hold your internal partners? Absolutely. Yep. Most definitely. And that, that's, uh, you know, one of the engagements when I, you know, when I talked about earlier of how we look at our service, well, we look at it not only internally, but externally. And, um, you know, we've had in the past where we've had to cut ties with the external uh, vendors because they weren't performing to our level of expectation. And, uh, and that's something that's vital, you know, to our business to ensure that we're not dropping the ball there because, uh, because at the end of the day, our riders, it's a reflection on us. Right. 
and so it to them uh, they don't care if it's if it's a third party company or not it's it's comfort care that's performing the transport at the end of the day that owns it, that relationship so you know we definitely look hold them accountable to to that expectation and then um, as far as you know when we're determining you know whether or not we need to utilize those third party vendors you know cost is obviously a factor that we look at that um, but we also look at it from the perspective of our capacity levels how does it look like uh, does it make more sense to um, vet out a longer trip to a um, vendor and allow us to you know perform for shorter trips versus doing that one that's on a longer trip um, then also um, you know, from the service level perspective too, we're looking at and saying, okay, you know, how are they performing from a service perspective and, and are they doing okay that we can have these specific trips uh, routed out to them? And so there's a lot of factors that we, we really look into. Um, of course, cost being one of the, the, the biggest factors of that. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of pieces to that puzzle, it sounds like. And so you've got, you know, you're, you're weighing fleet utilization and <laughs> the, the, the cost for the transports, the quality of the service, all of that goes into that decision. So let's just real quick, when you're looking at a third-party vendor, um, you know, just your your normal NEMT operator who, you know, does this on a for hire basis may work with multiple trans, uh, multiple uh, contract sources. What's the biggest thing that you look for in those? You know, uh, so obviously cost me besides that, but um, we look at also the, the type of business it is and, and their employees. Um, you know, do they actually have employees or are they contracted? Uh, because that's a different, different level type of service and expectation you're going to get. And, and we know this from experience. Um, and then also, you know, the type of training that they provide, you know, what type of safety training are they doing? Uh, how regularly are they providing that type of training for their, their staff? And then the other piece we look at is their fleet itself, is what type of vehicles do they have? Um, are they comfortable? Are they safe? Are they a newer inventory? You know, are they, do they have 10, 15 year old fleets that um, you know, inside isn't gonna be the best experience for our, our patient? Um, and so we look at a lot of those those are kind of the the main factors what we look at you know in determining that um, that contract what's interesting there is that the same things that you look at to determine whether or not somebody's going to be a good contractee are the same things that insurance carriers look for to determine who's going to be a an insurable risk so you know, if you can hit all these factors you're going to get more contracts you're going to save uh, insurance right. costs so it works it's it's the basics here that we're talking about. All right, so let's go back to some key performance indicators. So these are mission-critical items, obviously, for non-emergency medical transportation operators. But is it a one-size-fits-all type of function? You know, it's not. It's not. And, and we even have that internally. Um, we do have some measurements that, you know, we need to look at. But, um, you know, in one of my markets... I might have a higher utilization because of the type of benefit plans versus another market. And so there's some different key performance indicators that I need to take a look at to ensure the success of the market and how they're operating. Um, and so, you know, that, that's important for everyone to look at and, and know that, you know, you aren't going to have a one size fit all that, 
that can be used across uh, the enterprise and and you have to recognize that and understand it and and then understanding is one part but it's you know how do you articulate it and take action on those uh, KPIs and that's what's really the the key uh, indicator for us well can you give me an example of that yeah sure no so um, you know in Texas we, we operate within Texas and Florida and so um, our, our Austin market is a great example of, of that perspective of a high utilization uh, market because they're very uh, planned benefit heavy. And so we have more eligible patients. And so based off that, they're able to perform a higher amount of transportation. So they're going to have a really high productivity level, which is naturally going to help drive down their cost. Okay. But in some of my Florida markets where uh, we don't have very high plan uh, utilizations, um, there's very you know few plans from that perspective. Well, they're not going to be able to perform as high of a, a transport volume, so their productivity level is going to be look a little bit uh, down versus the Austin market, um, and and their cost is going to be a little bit higher. And so uh, that's important to recognize that and to be able to articulate that to leadership and 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 be able to explain that that difference because um, you know just because we have a lower cost in one market, you know, that shouldn't translate over to everywhere else. And so looking at those demographics is extremely vital in our success of our operations. No, that's really cool. So you've got your, you've got your chosen metric, but you also have to factor in those external environmental demographic factors uh, so that you can communicate that. That's it's really important because that would be easy to overlook if you're an NEMT operator who is, like you said, who has multiple depots. And let's say right. that one of them has uh, a, a higher concentration of standing orders and the other one does uh, more you know, rehabilitation work. Those are two different types of uh, two, di- two different types of transports that are going to have um, things about or characteristics about them that are going to be different. And so, you know, like you said, it's not one size fits all. It's making sure that those things are are relevant to you, right? Absolutely, and you know another factor look, geographically, you know, looking at whether you're servicing a more rural area versus suburban, and uh, so things like that. Those are a lot of factors we look into, and so that's why you know it's it's definitely not a one size fit all when it comes to your KPIs. And so it's having a having a understanding. You kind of have to go back to the to the very the very beginning on that. So here's where I'm operating. These are the types of trips that I'm doing. Let's let's dig in and find out the things that are most relevant to me, so that I can figure out um, how to grow. Exactly. So you talked about I, I, you talked about plan utilization, and this is something that is that's very interesting because, you, like you said, in Austin you have high plan utilization, in Florida you have lower plan utilization. And we're seeing this as, as NEMT services expand, um, which we you know have a somewhat of an expectation that they will over at least the next four years. Um, now that the NEMT benefits codified, uh, and there are some some pieces to that that uh, will will lead to some new compliance issues. But uh, now that it's codified, now that you know the the we're seeing that there is an actual benefit. A tangible monetary benefit to providing these services, we expect to see health plans continue to use uh, continue to use non-emergency medical transportation. But what I've seen, in particularly in some areas of Ohio and West Virginia, there hasn't been a lot of plan up to, um, uh, plan utilization. So, how did you drive engagement in the Austin market? Uh, you know, so we're 
this we're very fortunate of our engagement. So Comfort Care is owned by uh, WellMed Medical Management, which focuses on senior care. And so uh, a lot of struggles that many uh, NEMT companies go through, we're very fortunate that we don't have a lot of those struggles. So we have essentially, we serve as the um, extension with the, we work with on the provider side, um, then the, the uh, medical side of it. And so um, it's in the company's best interest to ensure that we are performing optimal and that we can assist them uh, to eliminate any of those barrier to cares. And so um, from WellMed's perspective, they're really trying to drive their, their member engagement and the acquisitions of membership. And so uh, doing that, you know, it naturally they're looking at, you know, how can we drive and, and, get plans on board that WellMed can cover. And so whenever they're able to do that, we serve as their transportation company. Uh, and so it, it's, you know, kind of like an added benefit that they have. And so, you know, for us, it's, it's not, we don't have to worry about going out and trying to find uh, contracts or anything along those lines, because we already have that trickle down effect naturally occurring through, through WellMed. So, um, our job is to ensure that we're holding up our part in the transportation perspective of things that I've covered is, is controlling our cost, providing the best quality of service, providing uh, number one safety out there. And, and so by mitigating all of those items, um, it allows us to ensure that, you know, we can continue with, with them and, and provide that benefit. That's, that's, that's a really good point. Some, you know, while you, you may not have some of the other struggles, you have a different type of struggle, which is, um, you have, you have, uh, higher ups to appease. Um, so getting back to getting back to data, when we look at loss history for an NEMT operator, I look at whether the data is complete, accurate, relevant, and reliable. You know, it's not just something that's thrown together on a page. It's coming from a, an, a reliable source and that the, the numbers are actually accurate. And so there, there are plenty of other attributes that make good data. Well, when an NEMT operator is reviewing data that's available to them, what attributes should they be looking for? You know, that's, that's a really uh, good question. And I think it goes back one to understanding that, um, you know, not it's not a one size fit all um, and understanding that perspective. And really it's uh, having a good understanding of their, their operations, their business and what levers to pull. And when they pull that lever, what's going to happen. And so um, that's really the, you know, always what I recommend. The first thing is looking at that and say, operationally, where are you being impacted? And, uh, is there any low hanging fruit that you can you can take a look at and really capitalize on? Um, but it's it's starting small and and being able to identify those triggers. I think one of the the big factors in a lot of NEMT companies, especially <clears throat> excuse me, especially the smaller ones, is that they tend to it's one of two things. They get kind of lost in the rabbit hole of their data and just trying to figure out, okay, where am I going with all this data? Um, or they tend to have their scope too wide. And that's why I always take a, a minute and recommend and say, take, you know, pause and the operation and look at where you're at and what's driving your business and what are you, what's your goal that you're trying to get to? 
and that's where you need to start and and to go from there and so um you know definitely obviously you know cost per transport is something you know i recommend that you look at because you have to know you know on a per transport basis how are you how are you operating what is it costing you what are the factors that go into those costs um and so understanding that is going to be able to help you and then you know as you start understanding operationally where you stand and from a cost perspective it allows you to open up that scope even wider and, and go from there and then then you'll you'll have a good understanding of what some of those triggers are and so something like you know understanding demographics are different in two different areas or geographically it may be different and those are factors to consider so those are some of the the key recommendations no so that's that, that's awesome so it's you know, start start small you know go after that low-hanging fruit i like i've always been a fan of that phrase um and then as you figure out what you're looking at you can continue to operationalize those uh, what you what you learn from that data what's the biggest thing that you've learned from you know the data that you guys have collected what was something that just kind of you know newton with an apple on the head you know um last year was really um a really good eye-opening for us um or actually 2019 excuse me from a fleet perspective um, we we uh, essentially handled everything in house of of our fleet, um, and so meaning the acquisition of it, um, and then uh, servicing of our vehicles uh, within our San Antonio uh, depot. We actually had an in house garage, and so we did all of, uh, majority of the maintenance perspective. And so we really took a look at it from a, a cost standpoint and efficiency standpoint, and. Um, really looking at you know where could we do better and everything started to trigger back down to our fleet operations from efficiency standpoint and uh we came to find out you know looking at our efficiency standpoint that you know vehicles the number of service days down was was up um you know same issues reoccurring uh, and so that that was having an impact on us operationally because the longer a vehicle is out of service, we're not able to do a transport, and that's going to continue to drive up our cost per transports. So what we uh, decided to do is we looked at an engagement with enterprise fleet management, and um, we really did a deep dive analytical uh, assessment of the services they provide. Uh, plus a, a deep dive of our operations from a fleet perspective. And so what we came to find out was the service that they would provide would be a lot more efficient and save us uh, not only in efficiency, but uh, time and the most important thing, cost. And so now with the utilization of enterprise fleet management, they do all the work for us. And so it freed, freed us up really. And so uh, they acquire the vehicles for us. We give them our requirements and what we need from a fleet perspective. Um, and so they go out and find vehicles for us. And so whether it's coming directly from the manufacturer or um, a dealership, uh, you know, they'll provide the options to us, um, but it's the work they do. Um, then the added benefit, what we have included there is, is all of the, the maintenance within the service agreement. So maintenance included in, in everything. And so now it allows all of our drivers uh, and, and the managers of those drivers to make it as easy as possible for them 
to be able to go to um, essentially a recommended um, service area to get their vehicles done. And really there's many, many, many service areas with the, in each of our respective markets. And so what we found was that our time out of service decreased, uh, really went from, I think about four and a half days to uh, one and a half days on average. And so that was a huge, huge time saver for us and not to mention cost. Um, and then it, it allowed us to get even more detailed on all of our, our metrics and, and um, look at things like our fuel and, and fuel engagement and, you know, our average cost per, per gallon, you know, what are we spending? Um, and then also looking at it from a perspective of, you know, what time are people filling at? Are they filling up, filling up their tanks within the appropriate scope that they need to? Um, and things like mismatch of, of the amount of fuel to what the tank will, will allow um, to, um, you know, prevent any type of potential theft. So uh, those are a lot of things that with the engagement of enterprise fleet management that allowed us to incorporate into our business. Wow. So you guys went all in on it. Oh, we did. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, there was no, no hesitation. <laughs> yeah. Even looking down to everything with fuel. And so, and, and that's, you know, up to that point, everything we had been done previously with operationally on our cost per transport and looking at all that allowed us to get to that point uh, and, and really having a big scope of our business and understanding the levers that had the impact on our business. And by doing that, we were able to identify oh, our fleet operations, we're not very efficient there. We need to get a lot more efficient if we're going to continue from a scalability standpoint. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Chris, what what do you see as the biggest headwind facing any MT operators coming out of the coronavirus pandemic? Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of challenges. And, and you know, I talked to a lot of individuals um, in in this field. And I think part of it is is the unknown um the the volume um i think especially with a big driver in telemedicine telehealth um you know a lot of businesses are afraid of you know am i going to have my volume back um and then <clears throat> excuse me and then the flip side of that is you know am i still going to have the staffing for it i know um uh, one of my counterparts uh, that i serve on a, a board with his business he lost half of his staff um, they either opted out not to come back because of COVID-19 um, or they just, from a, a safety standpoint, felt like they can no longer continue. So um, I think from a volume perspective, you know, transportation-wise, to be able to transport patients, that, that definitely is something that um, a lot of NEMT companies are, are, are worried about. Um, but... What I, what I shared and what has been really successful for us is learning to pivot. And that was kind of our, our word for 2020 is we have to pivot and be flexible. And so, um, you know, one of the big pivots that we had last year was the assistance of telehealth and um, the transportation essentially kind of working kind of like a courier service and taking uh, what was called uh, grandpad devices, the kind of like a, a tablet or iPad, to, uh, delivering that to the patient to their home and then uh, picking it back up. And so it allowed them to have uh, uh, a medical visit with their medical provider and the safety of their home, not having to leave. And then it allowed us to continue our business. You know, it looked a little different now, uh, but 
it was uh, allowed us to be able to continue and provide services and and you know from there and before we knew it you know our transport um, volume from a patient perspective was back to our normal operations and then we had now this whole other line of business with the grand pad deliveries and so I think that's where uh, one of the important things, you know, post COVID and um, this pandemic is you have to be flexible. You have to be able to pivot and you have to, you know, not be afraid to, to jump in and take those challenges um, and, and really make those decisions to, to be able to move forward in, in a positive way. And I think that that's very important. I mean, the, the, the ability to pivot quickly. Um, I think that that, would you say that your, that knowing the metrics that you did about your business and knowing it inside and out, did that help you feel more confident in your ability to pivot? Most definitely. Yeah. That because, you know, I didn't have the fear of the unknown, uh, essentially not that it was completely eliminated, right. But, but I had a good grasp of, of what this would do for us. And so, you know, that's, uh, that's that's extremely vital, and that's why it's 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 sound that everyone you know has to have uh, an understanding of operationally where they stand because it'll allow you to make those quick decisions that need to have, a quick decision has to be made. Um, and it's not something that you can mull over. And so, um, you know, we made a quick, informed decision, and it turned out to be a really good decision. And and we understood the the risk perspective, but you know all, all the the risk were outweighed by all the rewards. Absolutely, and you, like I said, you you probably would have uh, not waffled, but you would have thought a little bit harder about it if you hadn't had all the all of your key performance indicators um, in the in the in your back pocket. So it just kind of goes to show you just how mission critical those things are. Um, Chris, what what industry trend are you most excited about for the upcoming year? You know, for, for our business, I, I'm really excited about the continued um, opportunity with with telehealth. What last year proved for us was that um, I think one, even though there was a decrease in um, patient transport initially, uh, you know, back in last March, um, we saw a little bit of decrease for about a month, and then our, our volume started going back up. Um, but really, it allowed us to say, hey, you know, we can expand our scope. We can do these uh, grand pad deliveries. Um, we started assisting also with food deliveries to patients, uh, medical supplies. Um, and so really uh, looking past that. And so I think uh, for us, it's we're really excited to be able to expand that line of our business. So not only do we have our patient transports that will continue to do and, and that'll continue to grow. But now we have this other extension that if, if uh, you know, the pandemic hadn't come, I don't know if we would have this extension now. And so it really allowed us to do that. And, and now operationally looking at us, it, it allows us to say, what else can we do? You know, where can we be proactive? Where can we add to our line of business? And so I'm really excited about about from that perspective and being able to, um, you know, help help grow that area from an NEMT perspective, because I think right away people think, oh, you know, we're not transporting patients. That's going to impact us. And that's where, again, it's understanding your business and understanding that, hey, you know, 
take a look at it and see how it will help you. How can it become an extension of your business? Not that it's taking away, but it, it, you might need a pivot and become an extension of what you're doing today. I've always, you know, the social determinants of health have always been something that are important to me, you know, transportation or lack of, what is it? The, the transportation being a particular barrier. So when we think about, you know, why people don't go to medical appointments, lack of, uh, lack of access to reliable transportation is a huge social determinant of health. And so you already had that little piece, uh, that's not a little piece by any means, but you had that piece in your, um, in your, you had that club in your bag. And then as you expanded, as you were almost forced to expand, you were able to take on those additional social determinants of health, uh, right. which is which is very cool. And it is a trend that we're seeing, you know, uh, across the industry. You know, new Logisticare, I still can't get over, <laughs> still can't get over their new name, but New Logisticare <laughs> is very focused on, you know, those the, the overarching social determinants of health, and they've gone all in on it. And uh, it sounds like you guys have really picked up on uh, the, the need for that. So that's awesome. Yep. Well, Chris, listen, I appreciate your time today, buddy. Hey, thank you. It was, it was a pleasure. That was a great conversation with Chris, and we were fortunate uh, that he was willing to part ways with some of his time to, to chat with us. So one of the key takeaways that I had was the importance of knowing your business inside and out, You know, knowing your cost per transport and knowing your utilization metrics, knowing your service level performance statistics and your customer satisfaction rates. All of these items are so critical, and I say mission critical to convey just how important they are, but they're so critical that if you don't have a firm grasp on them, you will fall behind your competitors who do. It's operational knowledge, and it's knowledge of your key risk indicators that can help you control your long-term costs and set yourself up on a path for success. Chris also talked about the idea of pivoting your service offerings, and this is important, but not just to transportation-adjacent activities. Having multiple sources of revenue is more important now than ever, and I hope this conversation with Chris gave some insight into just how important knowing your business is to knowing whether you can expand your offerings. You can find me on LinkedIn and the podcast at www.nemttalk.com. That's two T's. Be sure to subscribe and rate the podcast wherever you found it. And I want to take a quick second and thank our presenting sponsor for 2021, Bankers Insurance, the premier agency for NEMT insurance. Additional content and show notes are up on the website. And I hope you'll continue to join us. And until next time, drive safe.